Welcome to the bundle of hers. This is Arjeet, Bushra and I. <laughs> do you want me to do it? Yes, you start it. Um, <clears throat> Hi, welcome to the bundle of hers. This is Bushra and Harjeet, and we are interviewing our classmate today, Justin. How are you doing, Justin? Welcome. Hi, I'm great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, So me and Bushra actually... um. I think what really prompted us to have a conversation with you is we had uh, this discussion on Facebook, of all places, um, around team-based learning. It's this new learning style. And I remember you made a suggestion or a comment, but then you also kind of gave us a background about yourself and how you ended up coming to medical school. Like, I always knew you were a non-traditional student, but that really was something that, you know, kind of showed that to us. Do you remember that, Bushra? Yeah, I remember it. I know it's a, like a bunch of, again, labeling things. There's a traditional, non-traditional. But I honestly believe everyone has their own journey getting into medical school. So um, I think before that, so you actually worked in the healthcare field, correct? Uh, yeah. So I've been in EMS for 10 years now. So okay. I worked as a EMT for a year, went to paramedic school, and now I've been a paramedic for nine years. And so how did you get into that? <laughs> I not very purposely um, okay. kind of started in high school my senior year I did an internship class and one of the options was to go intern in the emergency department at Utah Valley and so I went uh, it was interesting experience I had no real previous exposure to healthcare other than my older sister as a nurse um, mm-hmm. and then after that uh, in that next summer after high school my dad found a EMT course um, asked if I want to take it and I said, yeah, why not? Um, took the EMT course, got certified, wasn't really planning on doing doing anything with it. But while I was in school at Southern Utah, one of my neighbors worked for the county ambulance service and uh, b- basically convinced me to apply. And uh, I did, got a job down there running on the ambulance and really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of, at the time, it was one thing that brought value into my life, I think. Uh, well, it was really worthwhile. And decided to pursue that as a career. So um, I eventually decided to kind of put my graduating from college plans on hold. Went to a paramedic school at the U. Um, graduated there and uh, decided to get into a career up here in Salt Lake uh, as a firefighter paramedic. Did the firefighting route because in Salt Lake, pretty much to work as a 911 paramedic, you have to be a firefighter. So I did that too. And how do you, what kind of really like, is fulfilling about that job or that path, career path? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I guess there's so many aspects to it. As far as the job and the job functions goes, it's just getting to be there for people. You know, you don't want them to have a bad day, but when people do have bad days, it's it's really fulfilling to be the one to respond, to, to answer that call, you know, to yeah be part of the crew that goes and helps people on those days. And it's a, it's a unique position and opportunity to do that for people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, it's also unique to be good at it. You know, you work as a crew for years and you, your teamwork, you really develop and become really good at what you do. And to be able to do that as a team and know that you're doing it well, I think that's a lot of pride and fulfillment from that. Yeah. Do you remember like a really defining moment that you're like, I cannot believe I'm doing this or this is, you know, something that's really moved you? Do you remember any such experience? There's those kind of 
experiences kind of sprinkled throughout um, different points in your career kind of mean different things to you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times for me, it's been um, when I've gotten used to something and realizing that I'm driving a fire truck or that I'm riding in the back of a helicopter and it feels normal to me, you know? Yeah. And you're just like, wow, I can't believe I get to do this. But, and then there's other circumstances that uh, really make you think about what it is that you're doing because at some point it feels like work, but you know, um, I think it was a summer or two ago we were flying, uh, picked up a patient from the Uinta Mountains and uh, there was this older gentleman that was having a stroke. Mm-hmm. And so we landed, we met with the ambulance that was taking care of him and um, his family had brought him down out of the mountains until he could get cell service and call an ambulance. And so we took care of him, we loaded him up in the helicopter and I still remember um, taking off the ground and looking down and seeing his wife down there, you know, I mean, I can only imagine they've been married for 50, 60 years and, yeah. you know, and just realizing how cool and unique and an awesome, like, uh, opportunity that I have to take care of people. That's her loved one being flown away in a helicopter mm-hmm. to a hospital, you know, 50 miles away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you get little experiences like that that remind you how cool and awesome the opportunities that we have to take care of people are. Being a paramedic, you already have like a cool career, in my opinion, right? So what made you want to go into medicine and be a doctor? Oh, um, I think a lot of that came from wanting to be a better paramedic. So one of the nice, or I guess the benefits of doing something, you know, starting out into your career is you get to kind of watch yourself change and watch the progression, you know, where the first couple of years are really kind of learning how to do the job and kind of understanding it. And then I found myself at year, I don't know, four or five, um, a little complacent. You know, I felt like I could handle most of the calls that we went on. And then there was a couple of events where it really stood out to me that I got to get better at this. And so I started looking beyond, uh, you know, the paramedic textbook and the stuff that I had already learned and started to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was really those kinds of things, um, trying to dig deeper into some subjects and learn them better and, you know, and then finding the resources that really started to click with me. Um, I think I remember uh, I was trying to learn about the kidney and that's when I found the Khan Academy and wow, you know, to find yeah. uh, one amazing teachers that I could really understand the intuitive lessons mm-hmm. and then two that I could understand them because, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I mean, that's a big part of my, I guess, non-traditional course is that um, when I was in college, like proper college, you mm-hmm. know, I was a freshman and sophomore, I, I was terrible. <laughs> I was a yeah. bad student and uh-huh. I didn't really have the, uh, you know, I didn't have the vision to, you know, drive the discipline to really understand, you know, to really put your head down until you understand, you know, a subject or a concept. And so a lot of things I just thought I was bad at. I was just, you know, I kind of accepted that I was bad at science and math. And, uh, you know, having worked as a paramedic, I kind of started to see the benefit of some of these things that you could learn and then found good teachers and found that I could understand them. And then I uh, started to go back and really look at all these subjects that I had put away forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just kind of steamrolled from there where I gain more enthusiasm and excitement for all the content and just yeah it (laughs) it was a fun couple of years because i I started reviewing 
like subject by subject. Yeah. I mean, I, I more or less developed a curriculum for myself where, you know, as I was learning how to learn better, I started to apply it more. So like I wanted to learn more about uh, respiratory problems, you know, yeah. difficulty breathing. And so I developed a process where I had my old uh, anatomy textbook from uh, my sophomore year where I'd read the lung chapter out of there. Um, I found a couple other textbooks that, you know, had good reviews on Amazon. Uh, I'd read physiology, then I'd read the pathophysiology, mm-hmm. and then I'd read the pharmacology, you know, and I started approaching that for everything, and it was fun. It sounds like you took your education into your own hands. Yeah. Um, and kind of made your own curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is really interesting. I've always been kind of the type of person to need guidance when it comes to or structured learning rather. And so it's amazing what a great teacher can do for your learning process and also like your confidence too. Yeah. Um, and you somehow created that within yourself. I think. With- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the benefit for me was, um, it's kind of funny. I, um, this is kind of backwards. I saw why it mattered first mm-hmm. yeah, and then went back and tried to learn it. Um, and then uh, I guess to answer your original question is that process and uh, of learning and just gaining more excitement and enthusiasm for medicine and science and then realizing that I could learn this stuff, yeah. you know, that I wasn't just bad at science in yeah. general. Um, that there's a reason now that you have. Because I think a lot of people, like I remember I, I've always wanted to be a physician since a young age as well. Um, I used to go to um, appointments with my parents because they didn't speak English. And um, I used to think it was like so interesting. I always wanted to know how things work. But I remember I like I I did well in math and science. And then I was like, oh, I can do this. But I, I wonder and I feel like a lot of people, if they feel like they're not good at math and science, they totally take that off as an option. Do you do you see that a lot, too? Um, yeah, I feel like when in undergrad, especially like freshman year, I had like an inkling. I wasn't 100% committed to anything. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm interested in medicine. And literally everyone was like, okay, well, next year you probably won't be interested in it anymore. It's too hard. Or like yeah. most people come in and say they're pre-med and they all drop out anyways kind of thing. Um, And so I think that mentality of you're probably going to be bad at it or you don't necessarily have the natural knack for, you know, learning the sciences means that you can't go into um, a career choice that you're actually excited about. It's kind of, yeah, like that's probably like a defeatist attitude. And I don't know, it's kind of detrimental to like your learning psyche and like trying to fulfill what you want to do or I think it's one thing if you go into it and realize you're not interested anymore, but if you go into it and think you're not smart enough yeah. to do it, it's different. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Was Was there any points you ever felt like, I, like this is something I want to do, but is it something I really can do? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the turning point for me. It was realizing that, it, you know, kind of, I don't know, you get those butterflies and you start to think, maybe I can do this because I was, I was scared i was really scared about it you know committing to this or at least trying because uh i kind of joked about being a bad student but uh my 
at SEU, my freshman year, I was like a C student. I didn't do well. And then my last semester down there, I failed every class except for anatomy. Mm. Um, you know, I failed Gen Chem, calculus. I mean, and so for me, that was just, I was scared to do those subjects again. You know, I was yeah. nervous about them. And then also, too, because I kind of noticed a pattern where I'd start a semester well and then get around week five or six and then just kind of taper down where I couldn't sustain that kind of effort. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, what changed for me is just, yeah, getting the confidence, understanding things, and then really just um, there's a lot of lessons I learned at the fire department, being a firefighter, being um, – but uh, being disciplined and learning how to work hard. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know how to do those <laughs> when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, uh, I look at medical school, you know, uh, non-traditional this or that. Um, it would have been virtually impossible for me to do this at any other time in my life. Um, I just didn't have the tools. I think that's so amazing that you recognize, like, these are the things that I got, and now is the time for me to take this next step. Have those like fears or, you know, being say like, oh, I failed these classes. Has that impacted you right now? You're in medical school. So has that impacted um, your confidence in that sense? Um, Yeah, but not negatively. You know, it's I think it's made me more confident because like, I, I see where I was and where I am now mm-hmm. and. And where I really gained a lot of confidence was in the pre-med classes, you know, taking the exact classes that I had failed before, but this time getting an A because I was stubborn about it. You know, I studied and studied and studied and uh, until I understood not just like well enough to pass a test or a quiz, but to really understand it because I wanted to know. Um, yeah, that gave me or gives me a lot of confidence and because I failed. Um, before and I know what that feels like and I'm okay with it and I'm not mm-hmm. that afraid of failure um, yeah. because it's I don't know you you go through that academic background I guess and some of the things I've done professionally um, where I've failed or seen failure um, yeah. and it's uh, an ex- expected part of the course you know mm-hmm. failures here and there and uh I think having those kinds of experiences help you to develop a plan for when you do fail because it's going to happen. And yeah. Yeah. How do you become okay with failing? I'm scared to death. Oh, like, <laughs> I yeah. Need, yeah. Cause I, I need the answer to this question. Right yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, everyone fails in different ways and different circumstances. For me, it was transitioning out of the beating yourself up about it you know okay um and seeing just how useless that can be you know like you feel bad every time you fail like that's right. intrinsic to it you, you don't need to add to that you don't need to dwell on it um and really some of my biggest failures have turned into successes you know like those feelings that kind of just like knowing how poorly i did in school before you know and wanting to write that you know made me more disciplined, made me better, made me a better student. Okay. Um, some of the times I failed at work as a paramedic, you know, maybe I wasn't quick enough to realize a situation or treat a patient the way we needed to, you know, yeah. like that call is done, it's over, you know, I can't go back and fix it, but I can prepare for the next time, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know, for me, it's just 
realizing that failure is part of it and the failure is a tool um, to help us keep going and be better um, and just using all the positive aspects out of failure. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's funny. It's uh, my nurse educator at AirMed. She always has like, a, like all through orientation, she always said like, it's okay if you screw up. No one's going to take away your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true, right? Like, right. Like, what's going to happen? Like, I mean, there really aren't a lot of failures that we can have that we can't recover from. And it's amazing, too. It's like, if we fail this, or, I mean, we might even fail a year of school, but I'm confident, like, we can recover, you know, right. and you can move on. And right. it might be inconvenient, but you can take those lessons and you just move on and adapt and, and just make the most out of your day and every life. Okay, so um, we kind of talked about you getting into medical school. So how have you, you kind of spoke a little bit about how you used to learn, like you started using Khan Academy, kind of building your own curriculum. How has that kind of transitioned into medical school for you? It's taken a little bit to find the resources I like. I I think it's, uh, some units are more difficult than others. Um, to kind of integrate and use the resources because I like to treat lectures as a resource. I know that probably hurts the sensibilities of some administrators, but to me, the lectures like a textbook, it's like yeah. a presentation or a YouTube video, and I get the most when I integrate. Um, so, like some of the units like MCC, I found difficult because a lot of the material came either only from a textbook. Um, like a dense textbook or from lecture. Right. Um, whereas now with some of the other subjects we're learning, um, you know, like the GI, I get to watch Pathoma, visit first aid, look at Robbins, and then watch lecture too and just kind of make my own uh, kind of lecture outlines, if you will. And, yeah. you know, so like for some of the stuff where I've struggled, struggled with the lecture, what's really helped me is taking that approach again um, and mm-hmm. kind of, make my own PowerPoint for a lecture. Like I had to do that with the GI bugs because that lecture, I did not get it at all. So like after that quiz, naturally, I went back and uh, I made my own version of the PowerPoints and integrated everything. That's awesome. Which is funny. I I used to do that. Like uh, I talk about studying as a paramedic going subject by subject, but Uh I would make my own PowerPoints for no one but me. But but that's where I kept track of everything. Like that was, uh, that was my own textbook is like, this is what I think is important. And they're all laid out here. (laughs) That's so great. That's so great. And I don't have that kind of initiative. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's actually, (laughs) no, like the PowerPoint. I love it because it's like, uh, I still do it like for work. Um, Uh like now, because we have to go to the, as a paramedic and a, or, paramedics flight nurses we have to go to the or and practice innovations and so like i have a or powerpoint and it's just uh i update it every time i go to the or and so every lesson i learn i keep in the one place and every time i go back before i go i review that powerpoint and like this is what i learned last time um this is what i'm gonna focus on this time and so it kind of i don't know a books marks where you're at so you can um <laughs> hopefully just keep on moving You've kind of mentioned that you're still working while in medical school. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's something that I would really like want to talk about. Like, how is that like working and doing medical school at the same time? Yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know how to approach it, really. It's uh, as a paramedic, you just work a lot. I worked full time for South Salt Lake City for eight years. And one year into the job, I got my 
part-time job and it's like every firefighter has a part-time job it's just what you do and so my eight years there uh, or seven out of the eight years at salsa lake i had a part-time job probably for seven years i worked 80 90 hours a week i just got used to it the year before i started medical school year here i uh, i worked full-time for the fire department i worked full-time for the hospital you don't notice it because you just start <laughs> you just um, yeah you just keep adding stuff you know and your ability <laughs> to do it all you know increases kind of like how school feels you know it feels like so much at first but you get caught up and then you start adding an interest group or this or that along the way yeah, yeah. and that's honestly how it feels um <laughs> so i guess in that context uh work doesn't feel like that bad because i used to work way more <laughs> yeah you know I, I used to work you know well, yeah, I used to work 80, 90 hours a week. Now I only work 30 hours a wow. week. Wow. Wow. You I worked like- 80, 90 hours a week? Well, yeah. I mean, it's as a firefighter, though. So the hours oh, okay. are different. So yeah. at the fire department, we worked uh, 48 hour shifts mm-hmm. on a six day rotation. So that averaged out to be oh, 56 hours a week. I see. And so essentially, when I say work, it's uh, I was at work for those hours. You know, you yeah. still got to eat, sleep, exercise, and that sort of thing uh-huh. um, for. 80, 90 hours yeah. at a time. <laughs> I feel like clinically you're probably one of the more advanced students in our class. And I'm going to guess that kind of has to do with your uh, paramedic background. <laughs> um, so do it's you, mostly Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> that's my that's my thing. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I always say, oh my God, I totally saw that on Grey's Anatomy. Um, but I feel like do you now, as a medical student that's working as a paramedic, see your patients differently from like a medical student slash future physician standpoint or no? Um, yeah, a little bit. You know, it's I mean, clinically, it's been pretty fun still working because the job hasn't changed. I'm still a paramedic, you know, and still seeing the same kinds of patients. But um, what I see is different. You know, I see different nuances in every patient. Um mm-hmm. And it's fun. I mean, like, it's a really kind of exciting part of the job that I get to kind of, like, yay to myself, you know, every time I (laughs) see something different, you know. And it doesn't really, um, occasionally it might impact care, but for the most part, um, that's a big part of being a paramedic or working in the pre-hospital field is, I mean, you might have all these complex situations going on, but you have to prioritize what Mm -hmm. you're doing, you know. You could have, you know, someone from last week's CBL or something like that with the... uh, metabolic disorders or this or that but you boil it down to are they breathing are they perfusing do they have good circulation (laughs) and then you go from there but it's cool because especially too you know working as a flight paramedic out of the university of utah hospital i get to see a lot of patients in a lot of different areas and clinics you know all the way around the intermountain west so i get to see doctors you know in er's in wyoming and montana and idaho or pas and nps and kind of quietly observe them the way they do stuff and um, without yeah. them really knowing that I'm doing that. And it's cool. So it's, I mean, as we do now, as we shadow, but it's, it's cool to kind of take notes and see how I want to be or how I don't want to be. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, just to see the same kind of thing, you know, someone that's sick and needs to go somewhere else in so many different settings because, you know, you can learn so much from other people just watching them, and not just them, but the way their actions um, impact other people around them, yeah. you know, like in a team atmosphere and things like that. Right. Um, I've got to see a lot of, 
you know, emergency physicians over the last 10 years and to see the dynamics in their different ERs, you know, some of them, um, if something doesn't go their way, you know, maybe it's something you did pre-hospital or something like that. You bring a patient in, they just can't get over it. Like yeah. they just can't get over that you didn't do it the way they wanted to without right. you knowing that they wanted it that way. Yeah. You know, and it just derails everything and they just can't get over it and they won't move on. And it's amazing um, that quality and other people, they, they can just roll with it, you know, mm-hmm. and just seeing how that changed the team dynamics, you know, and then just seeing to um, not just, you know, on the side of the healthcare workers, but different people, the way they interact with patients and family. My favorite stuff is just seeing how to better um, interact with people and family. And some people are fantastic at it and some people are just not so much. I really think it's amazing that you basically do you like the path that you've taken is really what you want to do and what you see your future as as becoming when i was pre-med i always was like oh i have to do this and then i have to do this because this is how people get into medical school right yeah Yeah. but i think that i didn't true path when i thought like that i didn't get into medical school it was when i thought like i need to do things that I care about that irregardless if I got into medical school or not, that I feel like I've, I'm fulfilling my calling. Right. So um, I feel like I really see that in you, Justin. And I, I wonder like, has that always been how you are or is that something that you developed being you basically? <laughs> yeah, no, um, that was definitely something that took time to find, you know, to, know who you are and what yeah. you're about that's something for me that happened in my mid-20s i'm no longer in my 20s now <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i mean that was that was kind of yeah that, that took a while to find for me um and when i did it was i don't know you start being like your true self and uh right just kind of boldly living a little bit and for me that's actually one of the hard things i have with school because i know it's like i'm getting into someone else's program you know Mm -hmm. this is their medical school and so it's it's hard for me sometimes kind of conforming to the overall uh, plan or schema or whatever like i i appreciate and love guidance all along the way but that's i want to use it as guidance you know just kind of like how i incorporate a lecture into my learning i want to take someone else's guidance i don't but i don't want to learn someone else's way or something like right. that uh, rigidly. I mean, I love being dynamic and just being able to scale up, scale down, whatever. But yeah, I I, re- I really share that sentiment. It's, it's hard because everything is so standardized. I remember actually on that post, you wrote something like, <laughs> um, we're trying to standardize a process. That's not someone else's to standardize. And like, I think that, being following a career path i think a lot of career paths there's like goals like certain things you have to reach so you think you have only one path to reach there i mean that's the way i felt when i was also younger i would say like 18 even till i was like 21 or 22 i realized that no you can achieve everyone doesn't always have the same path but i think it's hard for it took me a long time to be okay with that i always felt like i was doing something wrong Mm mm-hmm I know what you mean because I think I was kind of in the same boat too because I I wasn't really interested in medicine until kind of later, right right before I graduated uh, college. And so I had to like hurry up and do all these prereqs, (laughs) which is not fun. But I think along the way, 
I wouldn't change the way that I did things because I got to experience a lot of different things too. Right. With my major and just trying to figure out who I was as a person and trying to figure out like what career path is going to make me happy and like what I see for myself in the future. Yeah. And I think that all those, all those things, you know, all that conflict helps you um, gain lessons or tools so you can reach a certain place in life. Um, So I think I want to end out with asking you a very broad question. (laughs) Um, Justin. Yes. What's the legacy you want to leave on this world? Oh my gosh. That's a deep one. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's an interesting question, you know, and that's, uh, (laughs) no, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know my answer. So I'm asking you. No, I'm trying. Uh, I mean, I, I think I know what I want to say. Um, honestly, that's part of why I want to be here and go to school is to, sort of have a legacy and not so much, you know, like I don't want my name on a building kind of a legacy. I want to do things for people, you know, and have that be my legacy because you see so many people that don't have a legacy or won't have a legacy. Like so many people that, you know, they, uh, they get up in the morning, you know, whatever time and maybe they walk over to the dollar store, get a bottle of mouthwash, drink it until they pass out. And that's what they do. Or, you know, in other degrees, like a lot of people kind of do whatever they do during the day, study, work, whatever, watch TV and go to bed and just repeat it. And I just, uh, although that sounds crazily familiar, but like, (laughs) I I don't want that to be the point, you know, like I want, uh, I want to have a legacy and I want, uh, medicine more or less to be my legacy because I, I have so much energy to put into something and to me this is the only thing worthwhile in the world to put this much energy into i want my legacy to be through other people you know mm-hmm. like to put all this work into something um just so that you know as a doctor you know my two weeks with a patient or something or yeah that they can go on and have the life that they want and that is more or less what i want my legacy to be is you know just tiny bite-sized pieces with every person that I interact with. That's amazing. Justin, you're amazing. (laughs) Good answer. You're so wise and I really admire you. And I hope that I reach, you know, as my life goes on, I reach that surety and confidence in myself that the way I'm doing things is fine. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you very much. We're really appreciative that you could come have a conversation with us. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Or listen, will. They will be speaking and you will listen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. I don't know how to end this. Busha. Do you want me to do it? Yes. Um, So that was the end of the show. Please subscribe to our channel and leave a review if you can. And we'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.